Chancellor Thornhill, how lovely it is to greet you this morning. This has been a wonderful chapel. We celebrate our soon-to-graduate students, the installation of our new chancellor, and the community of faith that we have as Tyndale University. It is good to be here with you. In our first chapel this semester, Tyndale community, I spoke with you about how it can sometimes feel like we are sitting in God's waiting room, personally, spiritually, and or professionally, waiting for doors to open, clarity to form, or struggles to be calmed. We considered the dual reality during those times of both doing the work in front of us to the best of our ability, while also waiting for God to show his provision. And we reflected on God's promise from Isaiah 49, verse 16, where he says, See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And we were reminded that courage can be found in God's waiting room because he holds us in his hands. So much has happened since then. On February 22nd, we began this season of Lent, this journey to Easter as we reflect on our need of Christ, both personally and collectively. And now, starting this past Sunday, we revisit the highs and lows of Holy Week, from the excitement and adoration of Palm Sunday to the horror of the cross on Good Friday, and then finally, the resurrection of Easter morning. Many of us here know the story. And we have the benefit of living on the resurrection side of Easter, even as we walk through this solemn week to Good Friday. The scripture that Wilma just read to us is from John chapter 14. But in John chapter 12, we read the account of Palm Sunday. So in chapter 14, it is the period we now refer to as Holy Week. By this time, Jesus had spent the better part of three years teaching his disciples, pouring into them all that he could as they traveled together, meeting the needs of people they encountered, challenging the status quo, and bringing hope where there was often only despair. As we read the Gospel accounts of Holy Week, we can feel the urgency as Jesus knows how limited his remaining time on earth is, and we see him seizing every opportunity to prepare his disciples for what will come, so that when they are afraid, they will not give up in fear, but will persevere through it and find hope on the other side of that fear because of Jesus. And in the text just read to us, we can hear the urgency in Jesus' words, even as he gently challenged Timothy and Philip, almost as if he was saying, after all this time, do you still not understand? Allow me, if you would, to share a brief personal story. When I read these passages of scripture, I'm reminded in a small way of a conversation with my dad many years ago. The summer I finished high school, my parents were appointed and sent to a new ministry in northern British Columbia. 
and I stayed in Vancouver to begin my studies at UBC. I was 17. I had acquired an old car from my big brother, and the night before my parents left the city, my dad took me out to the car. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and now as an adult, I, I think he was, thought it was his last chance to prepare me for life. But we spent some time at the car. He taught me how to change a tire, and we did that two or three times together. He showed me how to check the oil, what to buy, and how to top it up. He showed me the tank for the windshield washer fluid, and he made sure I could distinguish it from the tank for the transmission fluid. And while we did this, he talked to me. He told me that when I got to university, I would be in lecture halls with hundreds of students, and that when I had questions, it would be important for me to ask them in class. He told me that because I was a good student, if there was something I didn't understand, chances were that in that class of hundreds, at least a few had the same question, and they might need me to ask it. He didn't tell me not to be afraid to speak up. He gave me a reason to not let my fear keep me from helping another student, and in the process, learning to help myself. In John 14, from verse 18, where Wilma finished, through to the end of this chapter, Jesus assures the disciples that he will not leave them alone in their fear and grief. He will stay with them through the Spirit God will send. And that promise helps them through the dark days ahead as they waited to see what would happen next. Sitting in God's waiting room. Holy Week. Committing whatever we do to the Lord. Cheryl Houghton spoke of these same themes in chapel two weeks ago. She said it's not about having faith if sorrow and challenges come to us. It's about drawing on our faith when they come, because they do. And we have experienced that as a community in this past year. Dr. Scott took that theme a little further in chapel last week when he spoke on Psalm 23. And Chancellor Thornhill reminded us again this morning as she challenged us to embrace the words of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. These truths from Scripture are reflected in the heart of the mission statement for Tyndale University. Let me read it to you. Tyndale is dedicated to the pursuit of truth, to excellence in teaching, learning, and research, for the enriching of mind, heart, and character, to serve the Church and the world for the glory of God. We do not provide excellent academics and scholarship simply for the sake of education, as valuable as that is. We do these things and more to prepare people to serve the Church and the world for the glory of God. This is why Tyndale exists, and this is the journey and the adventure each of us is invited into. This is what will enable us to fulfill our vision of Tyndale as a flourishing Christian university in the fullest sense. And for those of you who will soon graduate, 
Our hope and prayer is that this is what you have cultivated during your years as Tyndale students. As I said a few moments ago, we are appropriately so very proud of you. In a few weeks, we will gather again here for your convocation ceremonies. And as you prepare to leave for the last time, trust me when I tell you that faculty, staff, and administration all feel that sense of urgency. Have we done all we could to prepare our students and help our students cultivate a life that flourishes in Christ? To think deeply and respond graciously. Are you ready to serve the church and the world for the glory of God? Are there last things we want to teach and share before you leave us? Just a couple of weeks ago, I participated in a seminar that included data from Edelman's 2023 Trust Barometer Report for Canada. It's an annual report. Some of the data spoke to polarization within our country. Only 20 to 25 percent of the respondents in this survey said that if a person strongly disagreed with them or their point of view, that they would be willing to help them if they were in need, to live in the same neighborhood, or to have them as a co-worker. Friends, that is sobering and discouraging data. Everything that Jesus came to do Everything he provides for us through his death and resurrection, everything he equips us for through the Holy Spirit, was given while we were living polarized from everything he is and brings to us. And our life in him will be demonstrated as we help live and work with people in our communities who may hold significantly different views from our own. Our mission is not to serve the church and people we agree with for the glory of God. It is to serve the church and the world for the glory of God. We have the benefit of knowing Easter is coming. We live on the other side of that week in Jerusalem. And so as solemn as Holy Week is, it is also a time of great hope because it affirms again God's unwavering love for us. The cross and resurrection remind us of all it cost Jesus to provide our salvation and that there is forgiveness and life in him for everyone who responds to this demonstration of deep, vast, and unending love. God bless you.